Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Oh, get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, the podcast brought to you by Drexel alums who can't agree on which part of the new Senate tax bill is worse. First, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have Marshall Fleming. Yo, yo. Nick and Trieri. Where's Bill? <laughs> and I am your host, Leon Mikado, and this is the second episode of the 2017-2018 season. And we have a short three-game stretch to cover that probably felt longer than it should have. Uh, at least the time between the NJIT game and the Lafayette game did. And rightfully so, because the outing we had post-Thanksgiving definitely was, uh, for lack of a better term, a little lethargic. Oh God, it was awful. <laughs> definitely was awful. So the Dragons traveled to Newark, New Jersey, Brick City, face off against uh, uh, the New Jersey Institute of Technology and wait for it. What is this? There can be only one. The Highlanders, the New Jersey Institute of Technology Highlanders. Uh, I guess nobody else cares about... Uh, Are we supposed to crack up? I think so. I was hoping at least somebody would get a reference over there. But uh, I guess nobody... The Highlander. <laughs> the New Jersey IT Highlander. <laughs> so the, Wow, this thing is on loop, so it just, I guess he's playing over here. So let me just pause that. I guess nobody else uh, remembers the exploits of Connor McCloyd over here and his uh, great tutor, Juan Sanchez Villalobos Ramirez, uh, played by Sean Connery, of course. But uh, moving on. I think we're going to have to Netflix this one. <laughs> it's on HBO right now. Yeah. Actually, uh-huh. I found it on HBO last night and forced uh, uh, Christina to watch it with me. She was not pleased. But... Oh, excellent. I have, I have four screens in front of me right now, and I'm going to put HBO on the other one and start watching Highlander while we're recording this. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that, Marshall. At least you support me. Uh, yeah, dedication. Italy seemed like only one team showed up to play to this game, though. And it was, I think it was a, a, the, a, the saddest story I heard about the game. It's probably from you, Nick. It sounded like you were home for Thanksgiving and subjected your family to this uh, awful Dragons outing. So what happened well, there? Well, I was sitting around um, with the Intrieri family. We we're watching, the, you know, good old family football, Alabama and Auburn. It was a really good game. And I saw the Slack channel blowing up. I was like, oh, shit, there's a Drexel game on. And they're like, yeah, but we're watching Alabama-Auburn. I was like, no, 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 no. Drexel and NJIT is going on right now. And I, like, fired up, <laughs> threw it up right in time for the second half. Where oh, and then man. the people were like, which team is your team? We're like, oh, the one turning the ball over every other possession. So you turned it on for the second half where nine minutes went through where we couldn't even score a bucket. That's when I turned oh, it on. Oh, man. It, was, it, looked, it looked awful. And then it just kind of like I just had to keep making fun of them because we looked so terrible, you know. And I had to deal with the uh, whole who are they playing? NJIT is that Division One in high school? <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, the, all NJ, not too recently were they Division One, and yet we somehow managed to lose them in, to them in double digits. Marshall, did you catch most of that game too? What did you think? What, what do you think happened in that game? Free throws, <laughs> like it, it, I'm going to continue the rant that I had from last week on this. We shot 12 for 25 free throws in that game. What did we lose by? We lost by 12. If we made all of our free throws, even with playing crappy, we win that game. But I'm not expecting us to shoot 100%. But even in the first half, when we were up 34-31, we, I think, would have been up another 7, probably up 10. That probably changes the turning point that NJIT has to play going into the second half. Maybe they don't go on the spurt that they did to outscore us by 15 in the second half. Who knows? But make your damn free throws. I mean, not to jump ahead of ourselves, but we made our free throws today, and look what happened. We won. It's not hard. It's it's really not hard. It's a tried and true formula, Marshall. Make your free throws. <laughs> Make your free throws. Absolutely. Another thing that I guess hurt us a lot in that game was we did have another player go out because of injury. And I'm talking about Sam Green, who went out during that game. Uh, did you guys uh, watch that? Like what happened there? He's he's still out. Of course, it seems like we're uh, definitely missing him. But Sam Green injury seemed like such a freak play. I missed it. I mean, I heard you guys talking about it. Sounded gruesome. It it's weird. It was it was a bad inbounds. First of all, it, it was not a well executed throw in. 
So then he had to chase it down to in front of, I think it was in front of the NJIT bench. I don't think we were sitting on that side. And the player like kind of pushed him in the back. I didn't think it was that bad. It was definitely, it should have been a foul, but I don't think they called the foul. Um, And then I think it was just like dumb luck of the combination of getting a little bit of a foul uh, and then uh, injuring himself on the play. So it was just all around. It was a weird play uh, that obviously took a guy out and based on the knee brace he was wearing today, it looked like uh, he's out for the year. I don't know if he's had surgery on it or anything. Yeah. I don't know what the latest on that is either, but uh, yeah, that, that that was a tough loss for that game. We already had uh, not too much depth when it came to, uh, pseudo guard play because uh, Troy Harper Jr. was injured in the last game, so Sam, we, miss, mm-hmm. we definitely miss, uh, started missing Sam Green. And by the end of the game, he definitely looked winded. I'm not using that as an excuse for the nine minute stretch we went there without uh, any scoring, but the team definitely looked tired by the end of that game, and it almost they, looked like they 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 looked defeated uh, a well uh, well before the game ended. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think they actually looked lethargic coming into that game. And I don't know if it's because they were in a arena that was basically like a practice gym based on the amount of people there. Uh, it looked completely empty on TV and sounded completely empty. Um, so you mean the wellness and events center? <laughs> yeah, that, what is it, $100 million arena yeah, $100 million on the campus dollars. of NJIT? Yep. Yeah, money well spent. Um but no, I uh, I get that it's tough to get up for a game like that. And obviously they were down some players and had gotten back fairly recently from uh, from Lynchburg. So it, I'm not, I don't want to give them all those excuses in the world. You have to be up a little bit more than that, but it is also understandable to why they wouldn't necessarily be up for a game like that. But you you got to find whatever you need to find in order to, pump yourself up to play a game like that yeah i mean to me from i only saw the second half but um and it was bad <clears throat> but it seems like i mean i'm a little worried just a little you know that we're you know we're a team that's goes as isabel goes and if isabel has a great game we can do we can win but if he's a little off and i think he i remember at least when i saw him in the second half he was a little off you know mm-hmm. kirk lee was having a really rough game. He's had a really rough start of the year overall. I don't even think he was doing good in the beginning. You know, I don't want to get to today's game. It's fresh in my mind, but you know, Kirk Lee had a pretty rough game against NGIT and he's had a couple of rough games now. Uh, You know, I'm hoping that maybe it's a little bit of growing pains and just learning to play with Isabel, who's quite a dynamic player. Um, But, you know, Isabel was a little bit off in NGIT and seemed like we couldn't do anything else. And, uh, and I know you're going to have games where you, you go on the road, you, you know, like everything you said, Marshall, and you're going to have a little bit of a letdown that happens. But who who is our guy if Isabel is, you know, is not hitting or a little Like, I don't think we have, you know, we don't have that um, defined yet. Um, I was hoping maybe Austin would be a little bit more of a con- contributor offensively. Um, but, uh, you know, maybe... Kirk will come back, you know, hopefully he, um, you know, finds a way to mesh a little bit better with Tremaine and kind of get out of his turnover slump. But, you know, that game, it was just, we were just turning the ball over like crazy in the second half and you're never going to win that way on the road. Yeah. We had 17 turnovers in that game, five assists. Like yeah, that's not a winning formula. No, I, I think Kirk Lee had probably one of the better outings that game, but everybody had said, and he scored 13 points, but which is not to say that he had a great outing, but Everybody played bad. Thirteen points was the top scorer of that game, which is insane. Yeah, they were all on free throws, though. He went two yeah. of ten from the field. And he had five turnovers, three yeah. assists. That's not, you know. No, he's. I'm not saying he's having a good year. He's definitely having a sophomore slump. There's no denying that. But I think uh, unless there's anything else you guys want to cover from that game, I think we can jump to the Lafayette game. Is there anything else you guys wanted to finish up on the NGIT game? I'm glad I didn't drive up to that myself. I was thinking about uh, taking a trip up to. Uh, see the new stadium that they had over there just because of the sheer fact that they did spend as much money as they did to build it. But I'm glad I didn't go up there. It seemed like it was an empty stadium and a shit game to be at. The Highlanders. Exactly, the Highlander. Why wouldn't a North Jersey team have a 
a Scottish mascot. It makes perfect sense. Not that they're perfect sense. Absolutely. Uh, but after this abysmal game uh, and loss to NGIT, I think I desperately needed a win. Uh, and facing uh, off against the Lafayette Spotted Cats, it looked like uh, this would be our chance. And the Spotted Cats? That's what I'm calling them. They're, oh. they're the Leopards, but whatever. Oh. Uh, this was a team we beat last year on their home court. Uh, although the the team that we had facing off against them this year was missing some players that we had last year that would have been critical, like Kari, like Rodney. Uh, and this year we were also missing some starters like Sam, uh, not starters, but key players like Sam Green, Troy Harper and such. But uh, uh, what did you guys uh, think about going into this game? And did you guys think about it as, uh, as needful a win as I did? I guess coming off the NJIT bad game where you know I kind of like made Drexel look really bad for my whole family by putting him on I didn't really have a lot of high ex- I, I just was kind of I kind of felt my attitude was like maybe the team's whole attitude for the first 38 minutes of the game was just kind of like yeah whatever you know it's it's a down year I turned on the game I didn't go to the game you guys went but I watched it and it was just like going through the motions there was no you know, and I think maybe they low, they got us, they went, put us to sleep a little bit with that zone. I think it was part of their game plan to kind of have us not run. They want to shut Isabel down. They want to pack the zone in and have us shoot our way out of the zone. But that game just felt very lethargic the whole way through. And, you know, I, I kind of felt lethargic watching it. Um, but luckily, you know, halfway into the second half, finally Sammy Mojica hit a bunch of threes. And I think Demir hit a three uh, and really kind of – we were down 10. It looked like we were going to lose. And I think it would have put a pretty big damper on the season coming off the NJIT. So I see what you're saying on needing a win, especially after today. I'm glad we were able to just pour ourselves out of that. That that game had all the makings of a disaster on it, though. They're an 0-5 team coming to our gym, and we're practically asleep for most of the game. Uh, it had all the makings of a disaster, and somehow we were able to avoid it. That's how that was my take on the whole game. But no, I, I think uh, again, going back to the fact that you're right. After the NJIT loss, I think we just needed a win. We just needed something at home to at least not give up on a team that looked like it had given up in the last game. And initially, at least uh, the zone seemed to be working against us. I don't know if we were taking uh, much more slower pace on offense and not running it up and down because we were also very uh we didn't have too many players or too much we couldn't go too deep into the bench so i don't know how much of that affected that initial offense that we were running yeah i think that's i mean i i see that argument but it didn't seem to affect us today with the same players same amount you're of players. right you that's that's a good point and i don't know how much of the last games uh last few minutes where we stopped playing like that fed into today's game plan but uh what there was there was so much going on in the, in the Lafayette game that seemed just like uh seemed seemed wrong we had a weird uh lob passes that were going around that seemed like they gave plenty of time for the defense to adjust we couldn't do a bounce pass for the life of us uh it seemed like uh Austin, we couldn't really get Austin into the game even though he ended up I think with a fifth, what did he, he I had 15 he points. Double, double, he right? should have been dominant. He was the biggest yeah. guy on the entire Absolutely. floor. Like, Absolutely. we should have. We, I mean, it was a little frustrating. The first 36 minutes of the game were really frustrating uh, because we should have beaten this team by 20 points. Mm-hmm. Like, they're 0 5. They're now they're 0 6 if we beat them. Uh, you know, and records aside, just watching them, like, they were smaller than us. They weren't as fast as us. We should have been able to dominate them. Uh, and we were just kind of out of it um, on offense, especially, and in defense. Uh, we were letting them – they hit a bunch – the only thing they had going for them is they can hit an open three. If you left them open from the outside, they'll hit the, they'll hit the shot. And we were leaving them open for three. Mm-hmm. They are hitting a bunch of threes. Jonorski and – No, and that's also a testament to some of our defense too. They, they were – there was no reason some of their, their guards should have been driving by ours. And uh, – and sometimes it it looked almost too easy for them to get to the basket. Yeah, sorry, I was just distracted watching this opening sequence of Highlander. <laughs> uh, the 
they just pulled out swords and are about to duel in a parking lot. Oh, so, yeah. Um, it's a great scene. <laughs> <laughs> when does it get to this brief nudity that HBO warned me about? Oh, brief nudity. Nice. I don't know. Christina, do you remember when the brief nudity was on screen? Highlander? Yeah, in Highlander. No. Is brief nudity like a titty for like a second? I, I think it's like a nipple slip. Is, like what's the difference between brief nudity and just straight nudity? I think it's a f- you get a full titty for With full nudity. nudity. <laughs> this one, it's a nipple slip. Yeah. Like, I don't think on Game of Thrones you're getting a brief nudity warning. <laughs> it's never brief. <laughs> no. <laughs> What is a dick? If you show a dick, um, what is the point? <laughs> is there a different category for that? For what is a dick? I think I think we got the show title. You're right. I thought the show title was going to be High, Highlander. No, I think the show title was going to be Lethargic, considering the number of times you've said it so far. But <laughs> I think it should be Brief Nudity. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, I did watch the game on replay. Uh, I actually made a concerted effort not to find the outcome of the game. Cause if I know the outcome of a game, I can't watch a replay of it. It just, it ruins it for me. So I put all my chats on mute and didn't go on social media until after, uh, I watched that game on the way home from work. But, um, yeah, I mean, it looked like it was a tale of two halves for us. We were not hitting shots in the first half. Uh, I'm looking at the stat line right now. We, we shot pretty poorly, but I think the pace of play was, um, I don't know, it just seemed different in the first and second half, and maybe that's why we shot better in the second half. We didn't shoot great. I think we were, yeah, it's like just above 30% from three in the second half, which is still an improvement over the 8% we shot in the first. But, uh, yeah, it just seemed like pace of play was a little bit better, and maybe as we got uh, – towards the end of the game they're like oh we can win this or like we really can't lose it whatever it is they were able to um to pull that one out i think i said uh i think i texted you guys late after i watched it so i saw your slew of texts when i woke up the next morning uh the the it's one of those games where it doesn't feel like a win because we only beat a bad team by a point uh and we didn't play well doing it but i guess we also beat a bad team by a point and didn't play well. So we, if we had played well, we would have beaten them by a lot more. And that doesn't seem like it's a not great win. So, yeah, I, I, I think it falls in line with what I was hoping to see. Like what I mentioned on the last podcast, when we we're talking about predictions, I think I said two and one, and I mostly just wanted to see them start playing the type of game that we expect them to play. We didn't see that at NJIT at all we started to see it a little bit in Lafayette and not to get ahead of ourselves, but we saw more of it today. So I I'll take the win obviously. And it's better than a loss, but uh, it wasn't great in and of itself. Yeah. I, I would say that a loss would have been demoralizing. Mm-hmm. The win and the way we got the win was just, wasn't, didn't feel great. It felt good, but I mean, it was just like, it just, we avoided demoralizing we avoided a demoralizing loss. It was like you're on beer, you're playing beer pong, and it's like you're at a huge party. You don't want to lose the table, and you're about to lose to like a nerd and some chick, and you're about to lose the game, <laughs> you know. And like everyone's like talking crap on you, and you're like they're hitting a bunch of shots, and you just can't get, and you just make two in a row just to send them off, you know. And you don't feel good about it, but you're still on the beer pong table. And then the next game is like somebody good and you go out and win, you know? So like it, I, I, I can see that analogy. Sure. Sure. But, uh, I, I think I didn't care how we got this win uh, or, uh, how close it ended up being against a team. How, uh, how that was probably a lot worse than we were. I was just elated that we did win. And I, know, I get what you're saying from a, it would have been, it was like not to be demoralized, but I think I just needed this win to make sure we actually had a contending team that could get some wins this year. Because after that NJIT game, I don't know why, but at the, after, at the end of that NJIT game, I couldn't, I, I didn't know if this team could play with each other anymore. It seemed like there was a lot of, uh, it, it seemed like there was a, 
there was a lack of fluidity between you and the players. The players weren't talking to each other. It seemed like the mm-hmm. passes weren't working. It was one on just individual basketball again. Right. right. Was it Tremaine taking it in and turning it over, or Kirk taking it in and turning it over, and it wasn't working? And uh, it looked like a lot of that again in certain parts of this game until the very end when, hey, look at that. Sammy just hit a three-point shot. Uh, hey, there's other players on this team other than Kirk and Tremaine that can actually also play. Yeah, And I think that kind of kick-started something that we were able to carry over, it looked like, in today's game. So uh, I guess in today's game, we played it faced off against the Ryder Bronx. Uh, and I'm so glad that... It was probably the best team of the three. Out yeah, of the three, if three I was, teams. If, if I picked two and one, this would be the loss I'd have picked. This was the loss I picked. Yeah. Uh, I think they were... Um, I don't mean to interrupt your intro, but they were definitely the best of the three teams, no doubt, in terms of talent and record, I think, coming in. I was looking at their off-season record. They were 5-2 and two going into the game, and they had some decent wins. They, they, were, they were a decent player. They had that, that big guy, Marshall or whatever. Is, um, Marshall Wan? Not Marshall, not Marshall Wan, Wan, the big guy that okay. we couldn't stop. That's right. That guy they, was good. They were, they, all their players seemed taller than ours. Yeah. It's just kind of crazy to me. Uh, the writer program can recruit taller players than a uh, Philadelphia basketball program, but yeah. I guess it is what it is. Writers always got writers always uh, seem to recruit decent athletes, like taller guys. They had the the Thompson, uh, Jason Thompson, and his brother. They've they've been able to get some good guys over the years. So if we just if we have a year where we don't have guys like Frank Eligar and Chaz Crawford height then it's not surprising to me that Ryder might uh, be taller than us. And we've got small guards right now. No, oh, yeah. And and they do what they were. And uh, Ryder like a brunk. <laughs> so the the Ryder team definitely looked like uh, they were surprised by our initial offense that we were able to muster up. We were able to go up, I think, uh, up eight pretty quickly in the beginning of the game. I think that surprised not just the, the team and the coaching staff, but also the fans that had driven over. On uh, 95 over there. So, um, where the hell is Ryder exactly? It's in New Jersey, but where in New Jersey is it? Uh, I want to say it's on one of the exits. It's South Jersey, right? Uh, I don't know if, if I would qualify that as South Jersey, but it's in one of the exits before when you go down 95, before you get on Route 1 the second time around. Not the first okay. time Route 1 comes up, oh. which is uh, in the Pennsylvania side, but once you get on the New Jersey side, it's one of the last exits before you jump on Route 1. So, it's like exit 4 or 6 or something. Okay. Uh, but uh, I think the I don't know what the area is called. Is it Levitt? It's not Levittown. Lawrenceville. Lawrenceville. There you go. That's the town. But uh, Ryder seemed like uh, they were a better team, and we were able to best them. What, what did you? Other than uh, actually, let me let me uh, throw this up to you, Marshall. What do you think we did differently this game? Uh, well, we started the game with three really bad possessions. Um, we must have missed those. I think we missed those possessions. <laughs> Yeah, we got there a few minutes. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Finishing your libations. Mm-hmm. Um, no, yeah, we had a couple bad possessions to start. I think we had a shot clock, uh, then a turnover, and then I, uh, maybe like a bad missed shot. Or I think we had two attempts at the rim from like point blank range and missed them. Um, so after the start of that, I was like, oh god, please don't be uh, another grueling game. And so we. Um, we obviously overcame that. Uh, I thought it was a good game in terms of like what Nick said. We uh, Ryder was, I think, the best of the teams we played other than Houston this year, and we were challenged by them. We had uh, we were up, we were down, we fought back to get up, and then we sealed it with uh, with late game play uh, for a team that I think had only scored less than eighty four once. We held them to 75 or 77, basically 75, because they had a garbage basket at the end. And that basket at the end was their last basket in the final three and a half minutes. So we did everything we should do in turn to win a game like that. Uh, blow a lead, get it back, and then hold them off. And that's not something that we've really seen this team do. We've seen teams fight back, but then let the lead go late uh, either in overtime or whatever the situation is. So it was nice to see them do that. That said, there was a sequence where I think we were up six and it was a broken play. Ryder was like the uh, 
Coobs or Brooks described it on the broadcast as a heartbeat away from a turnover that likely would have been a quick layup. And if they had gotten that, I think it would have potentially been a completely different ending to the game. But instead, we somehow got the ball to Sammy in the corner who drilled a three. Oh, so instead I know of being what play you're talking about. Four, we got yeah, lucky. Instead of only being up four, we were up nine. And right. that was the difference in that game. And so, I mean, so, sometimes it's good to be lucky <laughs> instead of uh, lucky to be good. But the, um, I think that 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 play was the linchpin, but we also did play better against a good team, which is encouraging. That said, we did also, I, I mentioned it in the Slack channel a couple of times, we had several possessions where all we were doing was passing the ball around the perimeter and there was no cutting at all. There was... Uh, it would pass around the perimeter and not even moving a couple feet one way or the other, they would be cement in the, in the wood. Uh, they, maybe it's cause they were tired. Uh, obviously short, uh, short staff right now, uh, with all the injuries. So that could be part of it, but you're generally not going to run good offense when you are just flat footed like that and just try and pass the ball around the perimeter. So um, and I mean, even dribble handoffs get some movement going. This was, this wasn't even that. So hopefully we get away from that. Um, hopefully Spiker, um, really is drilling that into the guys that they need to move without the ball. Um, but aside from that, I'm, I'm happy with the game. We improved over each of those three games. Like I wanted us to. This game was a little odd to me because I actually thought we played better in the first half, even though we went down two points. Like, I thought we moved the ball better. Mm -hmm. I think I thought that, you know, and I'm looking at this, and I thought in the second half, although we scored more points, I thought it was more like, not to say luck, but... um, We made some bad shots. We we hit some bad shots. Like, Isabel got hot. Yeah, and but Isabel, we also took some bad, like I would say, low percentage shots that went went that in. went in. Yeah. Isabel hit a couple threes that I don't think he's going to hit on a on a on a, you know consistent basis throughout. Mohika had a three that he hit Mojica, falling sideways. Which Mojica hit a bunch of those where he like he he doesn't hit that many normally. I I just don't want us to think that that's we got a little lucky. I think in the second half of this game, and I'll take it. Um, and, and Mohica really should hit open threes. Um, you know, it was lucky that play you referenced Marshall where he got that kind of like, they almost got a steal and somehow we came up with it and got it to Mohica and he had a three. Um, but I'm looking at the stats. We, we shot one of 10 from three in the first half. We shot seven of 14 from three in the second half. So that was like the difference. Um, but I thought in the first half we moved the ball around at least when, um, Leon and I walked into the game. I, I missed those, that first possession, but I thought we were moving the ball around pretty good. I was pretty encouraged <clears throat> the way we played. For, and then just right late in the second half, I think they hit the three at the buzzer that put them mm-hmm. up. They did at the um, end of the first half. <laughs> but, you know, and yeah. we had a little stretch there where we were a little bit of a low. And actually, Kirk Lee played good in the first half, from what mm-hmm. I remember. He had, the, he had like two or three floaters in a row. He and, did. Um, I don't feel like we turned the ball over that much. Like a um, I mean, overall, it was a good game. Um, it was definitely our best game of the three games. Uh, and uh, we got the win. But I'm just a little concerned that second half was a little bit little bit of fool's gold there with, you know, hitting some bad shots and it working out for you. But, um, you know, it's, uh, it's not always going to work out for you. And I'm a little worried, you know, Isabel had a huge game. They couldn't stop him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was... He had like six steals, at least from my van. I don't know what the stats say. Uh, I guess it only says three steals, but it felt like he had like six. Three steals. Um, <laughs> you know, Demir. We haven't talked about Demir at all. Yeah. I really yeah. like Demir. Yeah. Before we get to Demir, one thing I was surprised that neither of you guys mentioned so far with this game was he shot 86% from the free throw line. And he got, got well, to it. That's Marshall's stick. He's in yeah, the free throw I, I, That's why I kind of threw it up to Marshall first. I was surprised he didn't say, yeah. hey, we won this game because of free throw shooting. We went back to Oh, man. We tried to shooting. give you – he set you up for the spike and you just looked at the lob. We were right by. <laughs> but another thing we did do differently yeah. in this game is we played – I thought we played better defense to a certain extent. It didn't look like uh, – you know, some of it has to go with Alejandro Demir knowing how to play defense better than Jarvis Doltz. Yeah. 
uh, and being in there more. Alihan definitely has a better uh, eye for when where to be to get the rebound. Uh, and he he definitely helped us out a lot in this game in that in that regard. But oh, he's an older player. Yeah, he's yeah. just that guy that you like that doesn't really show up on the box score with the, too many statistics. But when he's in, like he's in the right place, he's doing the right thing, he's guarding his guy. When he gets a foul called on him, you get mad because it didn't really look like a foul. Uh, you, you know, he was and he actually hit a crucial three too. He second did. half. I thought he could have been more aggressive on offense. I think he was still kind of like feeling his way around a little. Yeah, I'm sure he's just still feeling his yeah. way around. And and the other thing that you mentioned, Tremaine's steals, we got, what is it, 12 steals in this game uh, total, which, yeah. which seems nuts to me. But one thing I, I got to say about Tremaine is he does operate or seem to operate at a different pace than the, a lot of the players on the basketball court. And it looked like that in the first few games, at least in the exhi- uh, I'm talking about the exhibition games. And I was surprised that I didn't see any of that against uh, when we started the regular season over here. Uh, and uh, it was it was nice to see a little bit of that again today, where he seemed to be able to jump in between passes. Uh, he had he had three steals. I think Sammy had a few steals. So did Kirk and Demir. So uh, overall, I think we were looking more for the steal. Maybe this time we were jumping in the lanes, and uh, it was working for us. And we got a lot of points off of that. And I think that made a huge difference too. Even if he didn't get points, we got to go to the line for it. No, well, Tremaine was huge. I mean, that's what. I- and it was good. It's good, but it worries me too. Like I, you know, I, if he is not, if he's not a superstar, do we win that game? I mean, he was all over the court in every facet, and he played great. Um, but it just would. And Sammy did. Uh, you know, Sam Mojica played a pretty like, really good game. Um, you know, he had all his free throws. He hit threes. You know, he was he was good. But we got zero points from Doles. He put up an over. Yeah. He, he wasn't uh, in for too long. I think he only took really like two shots, of... right? What did he take? Uh, I mean, he started the game. Uh, he played 20 minutes. Yeah. Dole's uh, had a couple shots, uh, including a couple from three. He didn't. His stat line is bare. He had one steal, and that was that looks like it was it. Zero points, zero assists, no turnovers at least. Um, but that is a as bare a stat line as you can have for 18 minutes. Yeah, I feel like is he can he can he do anything on offense other than shoot a three? Like does he do? Like, I haven't seen him do too many post moves now, or even drive it. Or yeah, hit, hit, no, you know, no, like, no, he's not a drive. I, I would say his his game is probably going to be limited to post than outside. But for right now, he's been more of an outside shooter, and uh, neither him oh, nor Todd has seemed to get too many shots up. I don't think Todd has had many minutes at all today, right? What did he no, play? he didn't get in that much. Um, he looked he looked slow. Yeah, yeah, five minutes. He looks he got burnt in the first half. They had like four and ones right in a row in the first half. Mm-hmm. I think one of them was on Tadas. Uh, Tayshawn Miles. The, <laughs> I mean, even to think that we played played eight guys. Literally, Miles, Karanas, Karingas, Karanas, Karinas, Karinas, and Doles literally did basically nothing. Yep. Like, so, yeah. um, you, and Demir could have shot more and he didn't. So you're left with, you know, like four guys for all, all 89 of our points. I mean, that, I don't know. I, they had, that's they, not sustainable for, it's not sustainable. I mean, we got the win today because Tremaine dropped 35. But there's no, I mm-hmm. mean, he is really good, but we need, we need Kirk Lee. What happened to Kirk Lee from last year? Where is that Kirk Lee at? Kirk did have a decent assist to turnover game today. He had six assists. He had nine points. That he did enough today to complement what everyone else was doing. But if Sammy plays his typical game and doesn't have a career high, and Tremaine doesn't drop uh, thirty-five, if if Tremaine drops only let's say even twenty-five, a good game, then that that game's probably not a win. Um, it's hard to say. Like all of these guys need to drop. 20 a game each night. I don't think that's realistic, but we do need to have, to your point, more balance uh, on this roster. And then when these guys do have insane games, let it be a complete blowout. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think when we get Harper back, I, 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 yeah, I didn't think I got to see, we didn't, he didn't get enough time to really gel with Tremaine and, um, and Lee. 
But, um, you know, we need to get those guys back on the floor. And, you know, I, I, I did to, – to Leon's point on, you know, it didn't look like the team, you know, is from a visual standpoint is really like they looked down against NJIT. Like we looked up against Ryder. And they looked fired up. They looked like they were working, especially in the first half. And, you know, in the second half when we took the lead, even though the, the shot selection wasn't great. But, you know, there was like high fives going around and people were getting fired up and the crowd got a little into it. There was Ryder. We had two rows of Ryder fans right behind Leon and I in the season ticket holder section, which were a little bit annoying. But, you know, I got to respect the hustle of the Ryder fans because I was used to be them. A bunch of college kids traveling and cheering on their team, and they were loud, you know. But it definitely gets to you when you're when you're at, when you're at home and and some you know some other. It was just like the Bowling Green, like I, you know, there's all these other fans now, are coming in. Now, I know we have a segment on. No, I, I understood. Right? I understood for Bowling Green, they had a, a lot of fans. I didn't understand why they were, they had that many fans, but then later I found out one of their star players on the team is from Philadelphia area. Oh, okay, so I'm assuming you know he, he a lot of people. That's still a lot of people for one. That was player. still for a lot of people for one player, and maybe there's a lot of people from Ohio that moved to Philadelphia. Who knows? But. Uh, today again, we had a decent number of writer fans, and you know we were we were used to be them, so we com- I completely respect that, and they were right by us. And last game for Lafayette, uh, there was uh, all four fans there, but they all seemed to be right next to the season ticket holders, which uh, I I guess I'm having my pen ticket lady moment over here where I remember when back in the day when we used to go to UPenn to watch the games uh, and we used to always get booted from our seats because uh, we would try to get the best sit on the best seats but she would come around checking our tickets and something tells me that you know and something tell and the reason we, she was able to do that is because they didn't sell tickets to the opposing team that were in good seats. They always sold tickets to the opposing team, just like Villanova does, just like any most programs do, to the in the worst place possible, so they can't have any impact to the game. The op- opposite team's fans, but for some reason, we seem to sell tickets uh, to the opposing team right in the season ticket holder section, which makes no sense to me. And yeah. it, it, if you go on the website, they allow they just allow anyone to buy a ticket and choose your seat. Yeah, so, I, I I understand that. I, I and I'm not. And I've been to plenty of Villanova games where there's plenty of better seats open. Yeah, uh, that I was unable to purchase. It's not like they ask you which team you're rooting for as you're checking exactly. out on the online yeah. checkout cart. You know, like that, that's a valid point. They should just block the whole section off. I don't understand. It's not like the rest of the seats at the Drexel, like at the DAC, were filled up. If all the other seats were sold, I say open up the season ticket holder section. Right. But if it's not. Sell the tickets that in other sections. General admission tickets should not be allowed to sit there. They should be sitting on uh, I, the opposing side of the DAC pack. He's a real ticket snob these days in his old age. Uh, I'm, I'm getting <laughs> there. But at the same time, by the end of the game, I was almost he glad moved, they were there. He, he moves down to the... Fr- he moves down to the front row. And suddenly he <laughs> yeah, now he's, a, now he's, a, he's calling ticket ladies over. He wants to check tickets. <laughs> but by the end of the I game, I was actually yeah. glad they were there. because They, they actually know, helped to get the game lively. They did. They uh, were they, they were about – there were definitely more Ryder student section fans there, unfortunately, than the DAC pack. It was they close. were actual students there? It wasn't they like were alumni. Students. No, these were students. These were students. They, they were pimply-faced students. <laughs> and they were like, huh. if you looked at yourself in the mirror from 10 years ago with a rider like a Bronx Let's rewind on, that clock a little bit more. That's that. And there, were, there was like 10 of them. And they were loud and they were chanting defense and like right up in our section. Um, Pretty doing much everything that we wouldn't we would some of our season to Yeah, out. everything we used to do. Yeah. Everything we used to do. Mm-hmm. And I respect the hustle, but at the same time, like, how were they able to just sit right there, right in the, right next to Anthony, the whole the whole row, and then the row behind, like just getting loud. And it actually inspired us to get loud, but it inspired Leon to drop f bombs on the refs, somehow not get kicked out. Um, hey, <laughs> he started making the right calls after that. I think I think it helped. It's the first time I heard a ref get an f bomb dropped, and we got a call immediately after. He knew he was making a mistake. (laughs) Um, But, um, yeah, I I don't know. One quick note on that. I don't think I've seen any of those refs before, and they called it out on the broadcast. Um, Tubes and Brooks didn't 
recognize them either. Um, it seemed like one of the guys was really young and um, kind of inexperienced in terms of what to call and what situation. Cause there were some at uh, the Slack channel kind of called it out. Some calls that were just bullshit calls uh, against us. And then some really bad, no calls uh, that should have gone for us. Yeah. I didn't recognize any of those refs. No, uh, normally I, it was a good point. Normally I um, used to recognize one of the refs, one of the ref. I couldn't tell the sex of the person. <laughs> like critical. Like it was like kind of like a woman face, but like a man <laughs> body with shaved arms. I noticed like I didn't notice. That. I was gonna call it out to you, but I, you know, it was the middle of the game because I was like, "What is are this? you asking? Are you asking Nicole for a pass or something?" <laughs> <laughs> like no hair on any arm. Like that's like a womanly thing, right? Like that's not. I think the, some dudes do it for you know. Maybe he's a swimmer. Yeah, like a swim. <laughs> like that per- that person could have been Pat, and like if they didn't, like I would have not known what sex they were. But yeah, is that an SNL reference? Or- yeah, did you ever see yeah. that skit? Yeah. But um, yeah, the refs weren't great. I've seen worse. You know, I've seen worse refereeing jobs. No, um, absolutely. But you know, it, it was good to see us come out with. Uh, it looked like we came to play with a chip on our shoulder, and we were able to walk off with a win. So, I can't complain. Uh, we beat the Ryder Bronx, and now we can at least. Uh, I I don't know how long some of our players are going to be out for. I don't know if Troy Harper is going to be. I know he's not going to make it back until league play. Uh, I don't know what the deal with Sam Green is, and and Miles Overton. I keep hearing he's day to day, but. I haven't seen him play yet other than that one game for a few minutes, I think, in the very beginning of the season. So, uh, it, it'll be – it was glad – I was happy to see a team that seemed to have a chip on its shoulder and was able to walk away with the win. And I think uh, people got into it towards the end of the game and it was it, – it, it felt a little bit for a second over there like the good old times of the deck. So, I was happy Yeah, for it that. was a good win. It was – it was it was no doubt about it. This was a good win. You know, I hate – I was saying this to the guys in the halftime. Like, I I remember we used to play Ryder and be like, oh, "That's gonna be a win," you know. Like mm-hmm. uh, now we play Ryder and we win. We're like, "Oh shit, that was a great win," you know. And hopefully we get back to those days where we look at Ryder in the schedule and just automatically check it as a W. And if it doesn't happen, then we're pissed. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Uh, you know. Hopefully we get back there. But it was a good win. That's a good point, Nick. That's something I've been thinking about. Like, how does we, we always compare teams from one year to a previous year? And sometimes it's not a fair comparison. Perhaps it's too early to do that for a spiker team uh, because he's still getting his guys. But of the guys that we have, I think there's a key difference between some of our best years of the last decade where we knew that we could play a Syracuse and match up with them athletically. Athletically, We could play a Louisville, match up with them athletically. We might not win. We might not be expected to win. But we wouldn't necessarily be run out of the building. Now, that, and at the same time, we've had games like against Kentucky where we were completely outmatched. But even at the mid-major level, when VCU was getting those just teams that were running up and down the court, we had teams that could impose our game plan on a team like that and slow them down and not be out intimidated physically. I don't know if this team has enough size and athleticism physicality. to do that. We've yeah. got some, yeah, physicality. We've got some guys with size, um, but they, I think they move a little bit slower than uh, some of our big men of the past. And our guards have some quickness, but they don't have the size of the past. And it'll be interesting to see how the team evolves with that over the next the rest of this season, like, are they able to play uh, despite that? Or uh, is it something that Spiker is really trying to recruit and just hasn't gotten it yet? It, it'll be interesting to see. But I feel like size is the kind of thing that more than anything else in college basketball dictates whether you're going to be successful or not. Obviously, there are some uh, exceptions to that rule, but you don't generally win with uh, a team of six foot and under guards and six, seven, and under big men. And I'm not saying that's all that we have, but there's a reason that you build teams ideally taller than that. Yeah. No, I still don't I get the feeling that we rebound particularly well. 
like the physical elements of the game, the physicality elements, um, we don't do too well. I think some of our physical, most physical players are Isabel. <laughs> he comes in, he gets a rebound. Mm-hmm. You know, he's basically doing everything out yeah. there. Like he, he I think Isabel would be one of those guys that's right alongside a Franz and Damien. Isabel's and really, Couch. really good. Like he's one of those like UNCW guards from last year, but like he doesn't have mm-hmm. the, the horses that they, that you know behind him. I, unless Sam Mujica keeps playing like this. Um, but I guess I thought we were going to be more of like a run and gun, press you a lot with with a lot of. What I know we have injuries now, so we can't do it. But um, you know the the line the, the makeup of our team is guard heavy. Um, but now we're kind of forced to play a lot of big guys because we have a lot of guards that are hurt. So um, so you got to like adjust. But from a physicality standpoint, we're not overwhelming anybody. So we we're gonna have to we got to be able to drive. We got to hit free throws. We got to make shots. And, the, and uh, Isabel is a huge, huge portion of that. Um, you know, this Demir guy, I would really like getting back to the point on him. I'd really like to see him get a little bit more aggressive on offense because I think he knows what he's doing. Uh, I think he can shoot. I think he's got good skill. He seems to know where to be. He's, he's quick enough. Um, he's not lightning fast, but he's quick enough. He's got enough size. Like I think like he can pick some good spots, maybe he can put up like ten to fifteen points a game. Uh would really, really help us to get a couple guys that can do that. If Kirk can get back in the swing of things, Demir can put up a little bit more points. Now we're starting to talk about diversifying our, our lineup a bit. Um as we go into this next schedule. I think we're gonna play some tough Philly schools coming up, right? Yeah, we are. We're gonna face off against LaSalle and Temple soon. But um I guess overall, I think we're all in agreement a little bit that Kirk Lee is having a little bit of a of a sophomore slump. But because Tremaine is there, it seems to have not been affected as much because he's able to play that position. And I think they're still gelling between the two as far as Tremaine and Kirk uh, and trying to find the rhythm of how to play with each other because they've been forced to recently with all the injuries. But uh, I... Marshall, do you want to start some of the? Do you want to start talking about some of your thoughts over here? I can. Oh, we got a Marshall's thoughts section. Well, I, I Marshall had a good section over here. Is like as far Marshall's as our thoughts. ranking right now, the Philly Philly teams. So, so I think it's perfect time to talk about that. With How about the shout out to Rob Falcone for multiple jinxes? What's that one about? <laughs> All right, yeah, just blow through my list, Nick. Um, yeah, I get we can say that. Um, Thanks, Rob, for showing up on the podcast last week and uh, blessing us with your world-famous jinxes. I think you said 3-0, and so that was completely out the window as a possibility as soon as you said that. Uh, and then the other thing he said multiple times was, oh, when we get the whole roster back, uh, we'll probably be uh, playing completely differently. And now our roster is in even less uh, of a intact state than when we recorded that. So... Uh, two key jinxes from Rob this week. I think it's probably going to be a while before we bring him back for a future uh, episode. <laughs> Can we get Rob to say something like, we'll never make the NCAA tournament? Oh, man. A little so, bit of reverse jinx. No, it's actually funny you say that. He's, he's, when the reverse jinx has been unintentional, then it actually works. Like, if it's a, oh, we're going to lose this oh, game, if it's and he actually truly believes that. Right. When it's intentional, like the, the jinx gods know what's going on. Got but it, yeah. when it's a truly unintentional reverse jinx, that's when uh, that's when it turns out in our favor. You know, we I had a great um, jinx when we were in college <laughs> where if I took a shit at halftime, we'd come back and win <laughs> in the gym. I think that worked a whole of it one worked time. Twice. Twice, okay. <laughs> that VCU game. Yeah. We were down. I remember. And that. then the jinx yeah. gods realized that I took the shit mm-hmm. and we came back and won the yeah. second half. So, well, but why, I, it's why somehow, do you still do it then? Well, I think it's, it's, it stopped working. <laughs> <laughs> it stopped working at Speaking some point. Speaking of jinxes, did, <laughs> did you guys see the contractors put a new Billy Penn on top of the uh, new Comcast building? So it's oh, basically no. guaranteeing the Eagles will win the oh, Super Bowl? No, I did not do that. I, I got to be careful with those though. Sometimes they might uh, do have the reverse effect. They might do a... Opposite jinx. 
You gotta yeah, be careful. I feel like I don't falls know, in the it. line of it's they did it intentional with jinx. Tower. I know. I remember it. I remember the Phillies when they go to the World Series and winning because of that. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So clearly it's going to happen again. Who knows? It might be the <laughs> Eagles and the Sixers both winning championships with this one because it's an even taller tower. <laughs> <laughs> Trust the process. Trust the process, indeed. But yeah, uh, the the other thing, uh, and I think we can actually talk about it a little bit more in depth after we play with Sound Temple and see how we do against them. But I was just thinking about it, like, all right, we usually get uh, at least one Philly school, sometimes two in a rare year, three, um, three of them on the schedule at once. But at least throughout the five years that I was on campus, and uh, even the year or two after, I guess the year after. We were anywhere in a given season from arguably the best team in the country my freshman year, or I'm sorry, in the city my freshman year. Um, you could argue we were tied with Nova just because unless you beat them several years in a row, it's hard to say you're better than Nova. One year can be an anomaly. But that freshman year, we were arguably the best team in the city. Uh, 2012, we were... Uh, up there among teams uh, in the city. But usually we fell anywhere in that like three or four spot. And I don't know uh, fully what the rest of the teams in the city are doing right now. I don't know how St. Joe's is doing. Um, LaSalle is kind of middling at five and four. Um, Temple, I think, is four and one or five and one, something like that. Uh, Penn, middle of the pack, like five and four. Nova obviously really uh, doing well. So I don't know. It seems like there's less interest in Drexel basketball than there was when Bruiser was the coach. And I don't know if that's because the teams were better than if it's because of Bruiser's Philly ties that he was just in the news. So people were aware of Drexel. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it just seems from, and granted, I haven't lived in Philly now for seven years and I'm on the other side of the country. But the it seems like the it's now the big five and then oh there's Drexel before. Whereas there used to be the case that, oh, Drexel should be in the big five. And it seems like we've lost whatever goodwill we had uh with program success relative to the other Philly schools. I kind of agree. I mean, I don't know what it is either, but it does seem it's called losses. When's the I mean, last it's time been we sustained. beat? It's been a When's lot. The last of... time we beat one of the big five schools, other than Penn. Who cares about Penn? Like, it, we've had bad seasons. We haven't been able to beat. Like the only reason we ever got into the conversation on like you know being more than you know big five in the Drexel is because we were able to in some years beat them, and we haven't been able to do that. We we should have probably in certain game situations, but. Nobody looks at anything but the stat sheet. And when it says it's an L loss, it's a loss. We should be a, probably beat St. Joe's a couple of years ago. Uh, and we didn't. But we, even though it was, you know, we had a very young team. and we had, But once you start having bad seasons and you have you don't get a register win against one of these schools, they forget you again. And you got to earn it all back over again. And that, and that sucks. But that's part of being not in the in crowd, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been quite. I mean, we haven't even finished in the top half of the CAA in how long now? Like the CAA, and the CAA is not having that great year <laughs> so far. Yeah, yeah, so I think aside uh, from Townsend, you know, yeah, Townsend's Townsend is playing really well. I just saw that. I mean, I checked the rest of CAA today. They're they're eight and one. Yeah, they're doing really. Everybody well. was predicting like we were, you know, it was going to be Colin and Charleston and Elon. Going into this season, I don't know. I think Townsend look like they can. Um, they're making noise, but um, but I think at least that's my take on why Drexel's been kind of no longer in the conversation when it comes to this stuff. But yeah, and it's frustrating because like we were, I, I think we were definitively better than LaSalle, and they were, I think, a little bit. I don't want to say scared and and make it a bigger thing than it is. But I don't know of a better word than scared. I think they would be scared with the potential of losing to us, not that they necessarily would. And then that basically cementing that like they were garbage for those years from like 2000, mid 2000s to uh, the early 2010s. But then they went on a run to the Sweet 16, where our best years were snub years. 
and they cemented themselves as, oh, no, we're still better, quote unquote, better than Drexel, um, just based off that one tournament run. And now they play us again and we can prove it on the court. But um, and and hopefully in this next game we do. uh, But it's it is frustrating to have had made all that progress from the mid 2000s into the 2010s and then for it to essentially be uh, all lost. I mean, we lost to Penn. Was it last year? Um, yeah, I mean, Nova this goes Temple back. Obviously, don't even want to play us. Uh, or, um, well, I guess Temple is playing us this year. Nova obviously doesn't want to play us at all. They don't want to have to add another Philly school to their schedule. This goes back to, and I hate to say this, but a couple games in, in Richmond in 2012 and 2007. Mm-hmm. If some of those games would have went differently, we would be in the position where VCU is now. VCU is in an A10, and uh, I mean maybe that's a little bit of a stretch because they went on that long Final Four run. But they that the year they went on that Final Four run, we had the better team. Yeah, we did. We had the mm-hmm. better team than VCU did. And now VCU, like, and you have to take advantage of the as a mid major, you have to take advantage of the of the years you have a really good team, showcase yourself in the NCAA tournament and move up a conference or something like that, or you take, get that recognition and propel you forward. Mm-hmm. And what happened with us mm-hmm. is we had that opportunity. We blew it or got snubbed, whatever you want to say, or a little bit of both. And we got, you know, it's like a wave. We went back into the ocean and we got to figure it out mm-hmm. all over again. Like we're starting from square one again. That's unfortunately the facts of, of what happened and it sucks. And the fact that I'm looking at a rider win as a great win, where normally the, but it's <laughs> this like, is what it's come to. Yep. I Let's know. be honest. Yeah, we you had fight nine your way wins. Back. He had nine wins last season. Yeah, we, we fired our coach before that because you know we were like it didn't seem like he could turn the program around after a couple of years of like really abysmal years we had. Even yeah. though there were some injuries, we haven't been fully healthy in a while. It, it, this is this is the new normal for Drexel, right? And uh, if you and this goes not just back to the team in general, but also when it comes to the fans, like it, 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 once yeah. you lose, like we had some amazing DAC packs and a lot of fans coming to every game when we were great. Now we don't have that anymore. And wh- how did that turn around so quickly? You know, it's going to take it's rebuilding all of that again, and you have to do that. It's a pro- you gotta trust the process. Trust the process. <laughs> if we had that. a process to trust, it. yeah. Well, I still think there's something to like having the backpack behind the basket. I don't think it's as cool as when we were. In they're the not backpack. on the as far as they're not on the floor. They're, they're like per, like they're kid few seats up because there's like the uh, cameraman, the camera crew, and everybody in the, on, on the bottom floor. I think you're not as close to the game. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I yeah. don't think it's as cool I as it was you. when we were in school. Like, why don't we put there? Basically, we're where we used to be. That's where the backpack was. And that was cool. That was half, you know, why don't we put the backpack behind the visitor's bench? We should. Yeah, li- but that's not that's not the reason that we're it's not, not No, no, no. There. It's not most, the reason. Most it's not the reason. put their students behind the basket. No, I understand that. It's I, I, I get it. But we but might not be there yet. We're not most yet. schools, <laughs> for one. And I, there's little things. There's all these little things. We're letting the other team... You know, fans get right into our season ticket holders. We don't have the that. You know, there's mm-hmm. little things that you can help. Wins, obviously, is the number one thing. Absolutely. We need to get wins. All these things will probably figure themselves out. But, you know, I, um, I mean, you know, maybe a couple of these other little things could help. But we basically have to start over. And uh, hopefully mm-hmm. we do do that. But um, the other thing that we're not starting over is we have a nice alumni section on Slack and here and everything like this, mm-hmm. you know, we do. which I don't think existed before. So if we do ever get good again, uh, it's going to be a fun ride um, for sure. Yeah. Leon, want, want to, for anyone who's listening that isn't on the Slack channel that we fire up for each game. And even when the games aren't running, want to let them know how to get on that. Sure. If you ever want to get on the Slack channel uh, there, if you check just our Twitter timeline or if you just hit us up on Twitter, I'll, uh, we can send you the invite. And uh, even as part of the show notes for the next uh, this podcast, I'll make sure I'll have a link to it. so that so we got 16 people it. in the Slack channel. Very active conversation. That's awesome. Yeah. And, the, and it's a great place to follow the game. And we're all uh, – some of us that are at the game, some of us watching remotely. 
it's usually a good place to just see what's going on. But uh, I think, uh, Marshall, why don't you give us an update on the Paradise Jam run that the women's basketball team had at Drexel? Yes. So they, uh, they had their Paradise Jam in Florida, a little bit better location than Lynchburg, Virginia, for the men's tournament, obviously. Uh, still not as good as the, the Virgin Islands would have been. Um, but they had a couple losses to powerhouse uh, teams, uh, Virginia Tech and West Virginia. Uh, they they got, I think, blown out in both of those. Uh, unfortunately, didn't have a chance to uh, watch those myself. Uh, but then they followed it up with uh, blowing out Butler and Lafayette on their side. So um, they're, they're in a good spot right now. They're playing Delaware State next. Uh, and then... They have a couple other games, and I don't have the schedule up in front of me, uh, but then their first uh, conference game of the schedule is uh, against Delaware uh, before New Year's Eve. So uh, anyone who's back in Philly, uh, I'll, I'll be there myself. Uh, I'm making sure to stick around at least for that game. So, um, you know, they're, do- they're doing good things. Um, definitely pay attention to them and give them some support so that they can go through the CAA and get a number one seed uh, while we're hosting the tournament and hopefully get back to the NCAA tournament uh, as a result. Yep, that would be awesome. And, and talking about Delaware, it was kind of funny, right, Nick, today? Uh, when they, the, oh, the yeah, cheerleading funny. team seemed to be... They, they did the Delaware sucks chant. They did. Like a good few of them, like four or five of them. Yeah, easily. We gave them a little bit of a wink. I gave yeah. them one of the Nick winks. <laughs> they did it. I don't know if it was a Nick <laughs> wink, but it was reminiscent of having Marshall at the game. So, <laughs> so we have, uh, I guess, the two games we probably will will have before we record next, and one of the being one of the big five schools, LaSalle. Uh, what do you guys think uh, our record's going to be going up against LaSalle and Robert Morris? Uh, let's see here. Uh, my prediction is pretty. Like, they suck a lot. Um, I think. Well, Lasalle. I I hate predicting a loss, but um, you play them on December seventh. I think that um, I think we're gonna lose to Lasalle. Um, I think we're gonna beat Robert Morris, and we're yeah. one and one. One and one. I think that's probably reasonable. I might go with that too. One and one seems about right for me. Marshall, do you have anything different? I think I might be a little bolder. Uh, I'm, I was looking at who LaSalle actually played. They're five and four, so they're not too far off from us. We're three and four. Uh, so I think we're four and four. They had no, we're three and four. We don't we don't count D two, <laughs> D three wins. Um, the they had some wins to start the season against uh, weak teams. Then uh, some losses to power teams including a couple who were ranked. Then they beat Temple. Then they lost to Towson. Then they uh, had a close win against Holy Cross. So they don't scare me the way they're, – they're certainly not like a, a great team based on at least what their record says. That said, we're not at a position where we can count playing a team like that as a win. I'm really encouraged by how we played today, but who's to say that uh, Tremaine and – the guys are going to play as well as they did today. It's, it's le- more likely that they won't. Um, I think LaSalle is going to be a close game. I'm going to I'm going to chalk it up and say a win. I'm going to say a win wow. for LaSalle. Okay. And then, yeah, uh, hopefully we can get some Drexel people there and put them in their season ticket section and do what Ryder did to us today and kind of annoy them a little bit. Um, so I'm going to say win for LaSalle. And then for Robert Morris, uh, I was looking at who they beat. They're four and four. A uh, bunch of games against schools with acronyms that I don't even recognize. Um, so nothing remarkable at all. Uh, and then they actually play Ryder before they play us. So I wish I could predict this game after seeing how they play against Ryder um, for something comparable. But uh, I'm going to say a win for Robert Morris as well. I'm going to say two and zero oh for the next two. So we'll be five and four. Two wins would be awesome. Two wins uh, would be. Pretty, pretty incredible. So, I hope we get, you know, LaSalle is going to be tough. I think uh, last year they, they definitely had our number. Uh, we played them at, at at the DAC and they definitely, uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, I think they kind of took us on and were able to win. So, if we can get a win at LaSalle, that would be huge for, I think, the program overall. Yeah. 
Although, caveat, if Rob says anything about us beating LaSalle, <laughs> then we're going to lose it. So, so the key is Rob, for Rob not to say it. your mouth shut. <laughs> By the way, yeah. uh, Tremaine Isabel just liked our Instagram video. Nice. Look at that. Speaking of Instagram, did you guys see the post uh, from the athletics department after the game where it actually says we lost to Ryder today? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. That's awful. I think either Rob posted that onto the <laughs> on, onto the uh, Slack channel. That was wrap things up. Yeah, there. I think that's hit all the I had. Up button. Uh, hit the. You want to play the wrap it up box music, or should I just play Highlander music? Oh, let's end with Highlander. Highlander. Oh, by the way, Spiker suit update. Spiker suits. <laughs> Spiker had a nice suit on today. Uh, the brown shoes looked shined. And, and Rob and I took note and looked great. Highlander. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>